Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. He's got all the insight of what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. All right, we welcome in Fitz. Uh, you know, it's an interesting day in the sports world, interesting 48 hours, Fitz. I, I think that we nobody would have predicted that Carol Belichick, Saban, three Hall of Famers, three widely considered best that have ever done it coaches would all leave in a, you know, what a 12-hour span, the coaching industry. But my goodness, how are you? Belichick, dude, how did I miss that? Yeah, that happened overnight. That happened overnight. That's what I get for not being on social media (laughs) 24-7. I told my wife, I can't leave Twitter at any moment or I'll miss something. And she said, oh, you're addicted. I'm like, I'm not addicted. I just get the shakes. Yeah. Anyhow. It's it's a a wild day. Don't you think, think, as somebody who covers college football, even with those two NFL legends, don't you think Saban's – you know, after, you know, trimmer, aftershock, everything will be much larger than the two NFL guys to the industry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is something we got into uh, on the Pyrocat podcast yesterday. It's available on podcast platforms, and now YouTube, you get to see my ugly face, um, which isn't a great thing. But anyhow, uh, I think this is related to transfer portal and NIL. I've heard so many coaches say, this has turned them into almost like a professional general manager that's also the head coach and how exhausting it is. And they didn't sign up for this. They, they're in college for a reason um, and not handling, you know, the egos of payroll at the pro level. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of this going on in college athletics as they kind of readjust the generational changes in head coaching, um, people that are ready to deal with this. Uh, you know, as far as the NFL guys, uh, great coaches retire or move on or or peter out. Um, they, they just they do. It's just kind of the nature of, of any profession. Uh, and they've had their moment in the sun. It's time to move on. And 
I thought Nick Saban probably had a few more years in him, but I think he's just tired of all the BS that's gone on with college athletics that has, has changed head coaches' lives more than anyone else. Do you think this is the end of the Alabama dynasty? <clears throat> I think it'll uh, – if you're Texas, uh, you are very happy right now uh, because there's no way anyone replaces him, at least not right now. I mean, I, I just can't imagine being the next guy. Alabama's going to have to pay so much money to, you know, commend someone to come be the next guy. Uh, and maybe the thought is that I'm going to pick up the program from Saban. There's no better time than right now. But as of the transfer portal, if, if they don't act quickly, they're going to be um, just a big trouble. Uh, the, I mean, these players have 30 days to leave. Uh, and how many will? I mean, the entire SEC is about to go shopping. Anyone with a big NIL budget is about to go shopping. So, yeah, this could be a real threat to Alabama and what it's been. But, you know, we talk about the impact of coaches. Uh, I read this stat last night, and I had never seen the hard numbers. I knew what impact he had had. When he took over at Alabama, they had 25,000 students. They were the size Mm -hmm. of roughly Kansas State University. And now they've got 40,000 students. And they've gone from a primarily Alabama-centered student body to a majority of their students are from out of state paying that tuition. It has had such an impactful change on the entire university, the town. And let's be honest, the conference, the college football, it's, it's hard to measure what Nick Saban's done to you know, impact everything around him in a positive way. So I use that example that you just brought up, Fitz, all the time of why coaches are paid as much as they're paid and in comparison to everything else. And I'm like, well, they get paid that much because they're worth it. So just tuition alone, just tuition, if you took the average of in-state and out-of-state at Bama, it's about $20,000, multiply it by that 25,000 additional students now every single year, right? They get 25,000 more than they did before every year. It's $500 million, $500 million. If you look at that tuition increase, you know, just on like some real rough numbers and averages, I've used that forever as why these coaches get paid that because they're worth that. And nobody will replace Saban. Nobody's going to replace him on the field. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to replace him off the field. You mentioned go shopping. Let's take it to K-State. If if it's open market now for Alabama players, shouldn't K-State be in that business? Yeah, I mean everyone will, but I I know the SEC. There, you know, it's going to be a feeding frenzy. They've got a lot of NIL money down there to throw around, um, and it's it's going to get pretty interesting pretty quickly. I would imagine uh, Alabama has a plan in place. I saw some Dan Lanning talk last night. I don't know if there's any real energy towards that, uh, but it's they they better get someone quickly. To stem the flow into the transfer portal because it's it's going to get ugly at Alabama real quick. Let's shift gears, Fitz, and talk a little K State basketball. <clears throat> the Wildcats on the road at West Virginia uh, the other night, and you know they, it was a battle for a while. And and it's we we all know that playing in Morgantown is you know diff- definitely a difficult place to play, regardless you know of the way that their program is performing. So, what did you take away from that game? Uh, Wildcats were able to come back and, and ultimately get the win. Um, it seems like a pretty quality win on the road in Big 12 play. Well, first, shout-out to West Virginia fans. Their team's 5-10, and 10, and there was 10,000 people at that game, and it was loud. 
Um, they just love their hoops. Uh, they'll get it going again. Uh, it's been speaking of awkward transitions here from a legend to, you know, a K-Stater and Josh Heidler, but boy, uh, I don't envy Josh and what he's handling right now with all the stuff, but I thought K-State played really solid. And I mean that as a compliment. I, I they, they didn't play the top of their game. They just went out and, and got things done. Then they didn't, you know, make enough mistakes to let a West Virginia team win. They figured out what was ailing them in the first half and solved it at halftime. I think these coaches are doing a great job of getting the most out of this roster. But here we are two games into the Big 12. Out of 14 teams, only three don't have a loss. And Kansas State plays the other two the next two weeks, next two games. Uh, so this conference is going to run out of unbeaten teams fairly quickly. And, and maybe if K-State can win Saturday in Lubbock, they'll be the one standing at the end. But uh, it's, it's just going to be a brutal conference. And, and let's be honest, too, K-State's played UCF in Manhattan and, and gone to West Virginia. Uh, that's about as uh, uh, easy as a start as you can get. But then again, we've seen what happens. Kansas goes to UCF and loses. This conference is a minefield, and that sucker's going to go off any time underneath you, and, and you just got to try to take the right steps and avoid getting blown up. Uh, I, I, I did. What's the ceiling, Fitz? I, I don't know. What, what's the ceiling for K-State? I can't figure it. They look good now. No. I, I, I argue that this this coaching performance by Tang is – to this point in the season, just as impressive as what he did last year, because his team's not nearly as talented as it was last year. But I also like it. It makes me not know like what a proper expectation is at this point. And we're we're in the middle of January here. I feel like most of the time we should have an expectation right now. I don't have one for. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. That's a great point. I I'm really not sure. I mean. Tang himself has tempered expectations by talking about getting to nine and nine in this conference, and that'll get him in the NCAA tournament. His eyes set on getting into the field because you can't win games in the NCAA tournament if you're not in the dang thing. So uh, his entire focus right now is getting his team into that and, and doing the things that they need to do. The schedule will get harder uh, at some point. I mean, they go to Tech, which is unbeaten. They come home and play Baylor. And they've got Oklahoma State in Bramlage, and another pretty winnable game. So <clears throat> you just keep plugging away, and, and, and maybe they can get to 10-8 and eight in this conference. Uh, I just I don't see higher than that once they really get to cooking with Houston and Kansas. they got home and home with BYU, and it's just going to get very interesting for them as it goes. But, uh, I agree with you. I think Jerome Tang and his coaching staff have done a great job. Look at Cam Carter. He was a role player last year. We didn't even know how, how good he could be, and, and right now he's playing at all Big 12 levels. It's really impressive. You talked about the ceiling for the program. What do you think the ceiling for Tyler Perry is? One of eight from the field against West Virginia, of course, in Morgantown. We know about his shooting struggles all season long. I think the good news right now for the Wildcats is that they've been able to find production in other places. You mentioned Cam Carter, Arthur Kaluma, that sort of thing. Uh, but one of eight from the field, I mean, that's that's not that's not good, Fitz. What do you think the ceiling is no. for him as Big 12 play rolls on? If he can get settled into his shot, I thought maybe after UCF he'd feel better about things. But um, he's seeing better defense. He's seeing more athletic defense. He's, he's handling different roles right now in terms of being the primary ball handler. 
<clears throat> which hasn't been easy for him. Um, but you go win by double digits on the road in the Big 12, and a player of the significance of Tyler Perry goes one of eight. That tells you he got another gear. I mean, that tells you that if he starts hitting his shots, uh, a lot of you know, at least seven possessions in the game are you know going to be different. And so I, I think that that just is a sign of hope for K-State, that if he really settles in and gets going, K-State could take this to a different level. But they're oddly, they've adjusted to him not being a very good shooter, which is was not in the game plan at all. But that comes back to the good coaching we're seeing right now. All right, Fitz. So when we look at it then and we look at Perry, do you let him continue to try to shoot out of it? Or do you pull that mm-hmm. back a little bit if you're Tang? But if you had a alternative, you might pull him back a little bit, but you don't. I mean, he's got to be on the floor. Uh, you don't have that many natural scores. Cam Carter is becoming one. Arthur Kaluma certainly is one. But, you know, David Gasson isn't really an offensive threat unless he's, you know, <clears throat> getting a good pass and laying it in. And, and Will McNair has his moments, but uh, this, this team is uh, not not necessarily going to run it through the post as much as other teams. That's not how they want to play. So yeah, you got to have him going. And if you know if Day Day Ames or or someone else really got cooking, maybe you'd play him a little bit less or work around him. But right now you can't. You got to hope that he's in groove each night. Yeah, speaking of that, do you have any uh, major concerns with the the use of the bench for Jerome Tang? I mean, I know it's been a very tight rotation, and and even maybe not just the usage, but the production off the bench. The game against West Virginia, Finister was the only bench player that scored for the Wildcats. So as they continue to move on, and we've seen a lot of teams that over the years they've had success with tight rotations, but do you think that they need to see more production from the bench? Yeah, now I think you will. I mean, I think you'll see some guys kind of earn their way in. You look at Gerald Colbert at West Virginia stepping up with, you know, a, a really solid span of minutes there that probably gave the coaches more trust in his game. Um, but I, I know some guys are are fighting in practice for those minutes. And we'll see if anyone emerges. Now, credit to Dorian Finister, though. I don't think any of us really thought he would be in the main rotation, let alone a tight rotation, but there he is. And whoever thought that Dorian Finister would be playing above the rim, but all six of his points at West Virginia were off dunk. Uh, so he's gaining some confidence, and, um, you know, he's not going to be an all-Big 12-level player, but he doesn't do much wrong. He does a lot of stuff right, and uh, as he really settles in and begins to play basketball i think he's got a pretty pretty high ceiling i mean he's not gonna be a superstar but he's gonna be a pretty good player fitz uh, real quick before we let you go ku loses last night the big 12 houston loses to iowa state it it looks like absolute chaos is that does that make you does that encourage you or does that scare you as a k-state scribe well just kind of scares me because Um, we all know how tough the Big 12 has been. And now you throw new ingredients in. We knew Houston was going to be good. uh, But all of a sudden, BYU and Cincinnati and, oh, yeah, Oklahoma uh, are playing at a higher level. Uh, This conference is crazy, guys. I 
I feel for some of these coaches. You know, I, I imagine this will be Mike Boynton's last and uh, last season in Stillwater, and he's a good dude, man. He's a good basketball coach, but he just hasn't been able to get enough traction. And uh, this this conference is relentless, unforgiving, uh, and is a literal basketball minefield. Uh, you got to watch your step and get through the process, and uh, someone's going to win this conference at the end of the season. Chances are it'll be Kansas, but uh, it's, it's going to be a really fun journey to see who can survive this process. All right, Fitz. Well, uh, enjoy the day. Enjoy the basketball as we have the you know the football ripple effects here. I, I does feel like basketball season's coming into full swing. What do you guys have going at uh, Go Power Cat? Well, I mentioned the podcast that went up. Um, we we did our first regular full fledged podcast. Uh, and now this will be a new thing on YouTube as we've tricked out the studio with a bunch of cameras. And um, I, I thought there would be some changes as we go, but I thought it was good. And I think people enjoy that. And uh, just we're keeping our eye on the portal. We expect some things to break loose here pretty soon. And um, I, If I'm a kid in the portal right now trying to decide now that Alabama, both players might be hitting the portal, I might make up my mind real quick and, and get this done up. So now that the portal's closed uh, for most players, they can't enter the portal. Um, Alabama can because they got a 30-day window after a coaching change. Uh, I think things might start moving in the portal for everyone. I want to see if anybody wants to come play with Avery Johnson. That might be yeah. overstating things, but I'm curious. I'm curious. I think settling the coaching will help too. Knowing who's going to be playing the calling the plays and and kind of running things on the offensive side will really help them out quite a bit. We'll see it. All right, Fitz, you can follow him at gopowercat.com at Life of Fitz on social media. Uh, let's talk again next week as there's more chaos, I'm sure, in Big 12 basketball. Thanks, boys. Sounds good. Here goes Tim Fitzgerald. Uh, you can find that Go Power Cat podcast that Tim mentioned there, by the way, on the Odyssey app. Uh, so be sure and check that out. It is the GoPowerCat.com PowerCat podcast, latest bowling transfer portal news, as well as men's and women's basketball all season long. Follow PowerCat podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Tommy and I will come back. We'll catch our breath a little bit, reset things a little bit. These just mega nuclear headlines in the coaching industry that are coming. Uh, Maybe a little bit more on KU, or maybe we just wash our hands of it and move on with our lives. We'll talk about all of it, though. The KFH hotline is open. We'll give away some HTO before the end of the program, so stay tuned for that opportunity to win. Jad Chambers, man in that that, uh, KFH hotline for you. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster alongside you. Glad to be here with you. Having some fun on a Thursday because there's plenty to talk about. So we hit on Nick Saban. Now you've got Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick fired. Tommy, is, did Pete Carroll get fired? I don't understand that one. I think it was a mutual decision between the organization and Pete Carroll. That's the way it was characterized. Hmm. 
but he's been, but it's being said like he may stay with the organization. Yeah. So we don't consider Pete Carroll like a candidate for another job, right? No. Whereas Bill Belichick is clearly a candidate for other jobs and will very likely get one. Um, I, I think Belichick makes the most sense for a team that feels like they have a good roster and a chance to win. Not a team on a rebuild, certainly, just only because of his age and because he hasn't particularly handled that well in New England. Um, I, I still say Atlanta makes a ton of sense. I think Washington does make some sense, uh, although they just they have to get this quarterback right. But you can go to Atlanta, inherit a team. They do need to solve quarterback, but if you could bring Belichick and a veteran quarterback in there, uh, like let's say they could make a run at Kirk Cousins or something like that, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they do have some good players. They have a decent defense. They play in a weak division. Atlanta makes it, it makes the most sense, and they have an owner who isn't afraid to go pay. So, I mean, it's Arthur Blank. He's one of the one of the good owners, I think. Yeah, and I think that you know the fact that he's going to be coming into a, an organization if he ends up in Atlanta, where the the talent level is a clear upgrade from what he had in New England. That's going to benefit Belichick as well. I'm interested to know if he does end up with Atlanta, what kind of influence or control he'll have over player personnel. I don't know exactly what that looks like. And if he'll be given the keys to be able to run the draft and run free agent signings and and that sort of thing, contract negotiations and all of that, you know, or if that's really He's done with that part of his career and he moves on to just being a coach for the Falcons or, you know, somewhere else if he ends up, you know, landing somewhere else. That's going to be interesting to know what kind of influence and what kind of role he will have outside of just being a head coach at his next stop. Yeah, and and you know, look, the Chargers probably make the most sense, but I just don't think they're going to pay their coach like Belichick will get paid. I I if they did though, that probably is the spot that makes the most sense because you don't have a question at quarterback. You could you could leave Kellen Moore there, although I don't think he did a very good job this year. But you could leave him there, just get more out of the defense, and be a much, much, much better in-game coach, uh, of which Belichick is one of the best, right? And Staley was one of the worst I think we've ever seen. So that makes them—I just don't think they're going to pay him. I don't, I don't think they'd pay a coach like that. Yeah, I get that, and I understand the the thought process. But you're you're not talking about a, a normal run of the mill coaching vacancy or coaching opening. You're talking about Bill Belichick. You know, he's won the most championships out of any head coach in NFL history. He's won more playoff games than any other head coach in NFL history. So, I think that organizations that are going to be interested in Bill Belichick and the Falcons, it looks like, are probably one of them you might have to kind of adjust your expectations because it's not like you're going and, you know, hiring a coordinator, you know, or an up-and-comer or something like that. You're hiring one of, if not the greatest NFL head coaches of all time in Bill Belichick. And so that's really the intriguing part to me is what level of control and influence would an organization like the Falcons or the Chargers or any of them be willing to hand as, over to Bill yeah, Belichick at this much. point. Not much. You hire him as a coach. Um, I, I don't know what Atlanta does in their front office. The Chargers will be looking for a GM uh, as a part of their process. He, I've come around to this, too. I, I think the most attractive, 
it, it's hard. It's hard to, to like the most attractive decision to make to me is if you can get like, because some of these teams need synergy, right? And if I'm a team looking at what I would do in an ideal world, I think the best thing for any team to do, like if you could just do whatever you wanted, would be to take Will McClay, who is being interviewed for a lot of these spots. That's the Cowboys director of player personnel. So for, for a, a long time ago, I don't know, probably in the mid to late 2000s, I think it was, Jerry Jones finally gave away like, you know, drafting play like he he stepped back from that. Now he's still involved, but they they have Will McClay there. I mean, the Cowboys have not missed on an early round draft pick other than Taco Charlton in forever. They are as good as there is in the league now at at evaluating players. So Dan Quinn, you know, Jerry Jones has been able to keep him there by just you know whatever luck he's been able to do and paying him and all these things. Like if I'm a team like the Chargers or really if I could get McClay and Dan Quinn, I, I'm I'm I sort of think that that's my ideal, you know, scenario. Just you know they work well together. You know they have a good relationship. That has to be a part of why Dan Quinn has stayed there. Like if you know that synergy exists, you're getting an experienced coach who's been to the top before, who's been a candidate, who's been you know you know at that position. The so experience would, is there. You would throw a defensive coordinator in an LA to work with Justin Herbert. It depends on what it is, and it depends. I would have one conversation quickly on like, it, it did did Herbert feel good with Kellen Moore there? And I would hate to switch. The problem is going to be you hate to switch coordinators again. Yeah. For Justin Herbert, and and I know it didn't go well, and I, and I've never been like, and I thought Kellen Moore would work there, but I've never been as high on Kellen Moore as I think the the masses. But as long as you see progress there, I would hate to switch the offense up again on Herbert. I I think like at some point he's got to have some consistency. Is it better though to bring in somebody that can run an effective offense for Justin Herbert well, now? Or to stick with a mediocre offensive coordinator I don't know. for the sake of not changing yeah, it to, up. I'd have to have that conversation with Justin Herbert, I think. Um, I, here's the other, and they had some injuries, again, because they always do, that I think impacted that greatly. But the other thing about that scenario I just laid out, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore and, and Will McClellan, they have a relationship that goes way back anyway. So again, synergy, right? Like you know you could be, and I'm not saying the Cowboys are like this beacon, but I do think that Dan Quinn is a better in-game coach probably than Mike McCarthy for what he's done over his career. And if you can get McClay, like that to me, and look, I would take McClay with any coach. Like, I, you know, he's, he to me, like the Cowboys, I'm just, you know, and, and Dan it's Quinn. It's not Jerry Jones anymore. It's, where, it's this guy that's led this, you know, this massive yeah. overhaul of them getting all their picks right. Where it does make a little bit of sense for Dan Quinn in LA is that there are a couple of dominant playmakers on that Chargers defense Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, there's a couple of others that are there that I'm sure Dan Quinn would love to work with. The The problem is, outside of that, the Chargers defense, and this you know was Brandon Staley, part, partly his doing. Uh, you go back in time, Anthony Lynn was part of it too. Their GM, who's no longer part of the organization, was part of this, where they brought in some big-name, high-profile defensive players and really 
none of them hit. I mean, Khalil Mack, I guess. I yeah. But, you know, He's like... Been, J- Khalil Mack's been a game yeah. record. But, 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 but Jason Jackson didn't work out. Kyle Van Noy yeah. didn't work out. Like, they brought in some, some guys that they thought would make this a really dominant defensive unit. So, really, outside of Bosa and Mack, really, you don't have a whole lot on that defense. You should never have a defense that includes those two players, Bosa and Mack, that isn't elite. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And I would you, think that you, would mean, make you, Dan Quinn excited to potentially go there. Absolutely. I just yeah. wonder, with the development of Again. Justin Herbert, do you want to bring in a head coach that has a lot of experience in working with quarterbacks? That might be a better option for the Chargers to pursue. I do, too. Problem with the Chargers, they're not going to pay any of these people. Dan, Penn's, Dan Quinn's going to get paid, too, because Jerry Jones will just keep paying him. So it, it, the Chargers' dilemma is... Do they continue to go the thrifty route and find some young assistant that may not be being interviewed anywhere? Uh, or do they, you know, pony up and go do probably what the right thing to do is? And, and look, it may be an offensive coach. I, I have no problem with redirecting toward Justin Herbert. I, I mean, you don't want to let that go. I just don't know. You'd have to have that conversation with Herbert. I mean, you'd have to ask him, like, what did you think of Kellen Moore? Do you think this is headed in the right direction or not? I mean, I, I don't know. Um so we got all these openings now. It looks like, I mean, the Raiders haven't made their call. I would think Pierce gets a shot, um, which is interesting because I think he's done a really good job. And I think he has sort of that factor that we've seen out of Mike Vrabel and Mike Tomlin, right, where you just have this connection with players that seems legitimate and bona fide. And, you know, it, that that is a thing in the – Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll's a poster boy for that, by the way, like who is connected with players. That's what's made his run so remarkable is – uh, his advanced age, even though he doesn't look like it. Yeah, that's always amazed me, too. Like, we know this now because it's been talked about, but if you lined him up and watched him on the sideline, nobody would think that Pete Carroll's the oldest coach in the NFL. Nobody would. No. And, and he, he, but he is, and that's what, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed he's done. And I've come around to Pete Carroll, too, by the way, because I hated USC uh, for those years. Uh, you know, I was a Notre Dame fan as a kid. Like, I just, they, that, I hated them. And then he goes to Seattle. I didn't love him, but I've totally come around. Like I, Pete, Pete Carroll's awesome, and I'm pretty surprised that he. But but he's 72, man. Like, yeah. what are you gonna do? <laughs> like, what, like, I don't know. What, what are you supposed to do? He drives me crazy. And he looks like he could do it till he's 80. He drives, I know, but he's, he, he's incredible. Always His me energy crazy. is incredible, uh, and that, His, that, that's what drives me crazy. And he wears me out, and I'm not even the one that has the energy. And it's not even just. I mean, you can point at the gum chewing and all of that. It's the fact that when the camera is on him, he's constantly moving. Like I feel bad for the camera operators that have to stay on Pete Carroll game after game after game, because he's just pacing down the sidelines. And it just is this frenetic energy. And I know a lot of the players react to it. They respond well to it. He's, he's definitely built a culture of energy with Seattle. That Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll marriage worked really well for a number of years. Um, you know, I, I think that Carroll, the one thing, and I mentioned it at the top of the show, that is so, um, I think, legendary about Pete Carroll and the way that he's set apart from Saban and Belichick with these announcements. He's had success in both college and the pros. That's really unheard of. That doesn't happen Hardly at all. There are so many well, different nobody, times that college coaches I don't think anybody's make that. Done it better. Jim Harbaugh, not to that extent, because Harbaugh wasn't in the NFL for very long. He'll have a chance to do that if he goes back to the NFL. But time in and time out, there are so many high-level elite college coaches that try to make that jump to the NFL, and it just doesn't work. 
as we watch these three guys go out on the same day, Carroll is sort of the combination. Yeah. He's done it at the highest yep. level in both places. Jim Harbaugh was good. Co- he hadn't won a Super Bowl. I mean, Carroll's the guy. Like, and that's what and that's what amazes me too. He'll never. And it, it's part. I I don't know what it is. They were supposed to be the worst team in football last year, and they were what nine and eight. Yep. Like they, he he will not be elevated. And we're not going to say we're everything's going to be about Saban. Everything's going to be about Belichick. I get it. But what Carroll's done over his career to me is equally impressive because he's done it both places, and nobody else gets to do that. Well, right, it, we're seeing these three guys who are unicorns. Yeah. All three of them and are you know unicorns. What? All the attention, and rightfully so. And this is not a knock on Saban. It's not a knock on Belichick. All the attention is going to those two, and Pete Carroll is stepping down also and leaving. And there are only three coaches in the history of football that have won both a national championship and a Super Bowl. Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, and Pete Carroll. There's only three of them. Belichick didn't do it. Saban didn't do it. Nobody else has done it. Pete Carroll has. He's not really getting the attention with the with these announcements. I mean, really definitely outshadowed by Belichick and Saban. Yeah. I would put Jimmy Johnson up there with him. I would not put Barry Switzer up there with him. Um, you know, Johnson and 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 Carroll built it on their own. Switzer certainly did in college, but he inherited one of the great rosters of all time when when they Cowboys got that third Super Bowl. And that's not a knock on him. I just think as we're stacking it up, I, I think it's Carroll and Jimmy Johnson. And then, you know, I, I love the accomplishment for Switzer, but I'm not sure I'm going to call him one of the greatest coaches. I mean, he was a really yeah. good college And Jim coach, Harbaugh but. has a shot now with the national championship with Michigan. You know, he's, he's made a Super Bowl appearance. NFL, so there's only five coaches that have won a national championship and made an NFL uh, Super Bowl appearance. So those three that we talked about, Jim Harbaugh and Bobby Ross, those are the only five. Uh, and so, you know, Harbaugh's got the opportunity to join those three in winning a Super Bowl. Uh, and then, you know, he'll be up there at that, you know, that same kind of level. What a coach. Like, I know that we get tired of retreads in the NFL. There may not be a lot of new blood getting head coaching opportunities yep. in the NFL this offseason because some of the candidates out there, you're just like, well, yeah, you got to hire that guy. And going back right? to Belichick for a second, Ooh. I mean, with the roster that it, let, let's say he goes to Atlanta with the roster that Atlanta has, I know they need to figure out quarterback. And I don't think it's out of the question that Belichick could take the Falcons back to the Super Bowl. And, you know, he's not going to be there forever. You know, I could maybe see him coaching another five years or so. But I think they've got the personnel to be able to build it and 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 have him give his influence as the head coach. He could take him back. Uh, that, that could happen. So best case scenario would be Belichick and Kirk Cousins for two years probably. Um, could that combination get with, you to a Super Bowl? With B. John Robinson and Drake London, Tyler Algier, Kyle Pitts. They've got offensive weapons outside of quarterback. Maybe, maybe. But you got, I mean, it, more concerning than the Belichick angle there is you've got to get quarterback, right? Like you have to, and not like, I, I don't, you know, not some young up and coming, like you have to have a quarterback at that point. It's like not Justin Fields, right? If that was your trade partner, not, you know, one of those types of things. So it'd have to be like, for me, it'd have to be, it almost have to be like Kirk Cousins. Like he's the only one that you could just plant in there that you know with a good offensive line and some weapons will will torch that's what he's doing. He was gonna if Kirk Cousins stayed healthy this year, Tommy, like he may have been the MVP 
as we've watched the MVP race play out. He certainly, statistically, was in the conversation up to that point. Minnesota wins a few more games. They make the postseason, and he continues on that pace. He's probably the MVP this year. His offseason yeah. is fascinating. It's as, it's as interesting as Justin Fields. This, this NFL, my God, this NFL offseason is going to be just unbelievably interesting to watch and follow. Plus the fact that you have what's perceived as a really good quarterback class coming in by draft. Holy smokes. Remember we talked on Monday about how quiet it was with the NFL changes. Black Monday typically is pretty loud and not a whole lot happened. It's picked up pretty quickly as the week has gone on. Shame on us. Uh, yes, it has. The IHOP, uh, this, sorry, the KFH hotline is open, 869-1240. Uh, you can join KFH and the Wichita Thunder in the fight against cancer on Cancer Awareness Night. That's this Saturday, January 13th. Come out to Interest Bank Arena for the Gold A's Ice Charity Hockey Game to support a great cause, uh, which begins at 515 before the Thunder take on the Cincinnati Cyclones. Your admission to the game gets you into both events. You can find out more at wichitathunder.com. Last full segment of Sports Daily coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Let's go right to the KFH hotline. Dave wants to chime in quickly on KU. Dave, yikes, what's on your mind? Uh, well, you echoed my sentiments a few minutes ago. Only I came to that conclusion about two weeks ago. I've been watching KU for a long, long, long time. And by their standard, this team just isn't very good. And I don't think it's going to be changed very much. When everybody knows they can pack in and, and keep Hunter and KJ from getting the ball, and nobody can shoot it outside, and you turn it over 18 times a game, that's not very good. 
and I I think they're in for I think the talk of national championship needs to be put on the shelf and let's try to get in the top four of the league because I think that's going to be very difficult. Yeah, that's interesting. Look, I think the turnover thing, and I'm glad you brought that up because we didn't talk about it. That, I think, is correctable. I, I don't see this team by the end of the year as a heavy turnover team. I just don't know how much of a difference that's going to make in the overall outcome. Probably some, right? Like, And I think when you look at these margins, but is it going to make the difference of making them a national championship team? I, I, think, I think they're going to have to shoot better to be that. I think they can correct turnovers. I'm not sure they can correct three-point shooting. I agree 100%. I don't know where it's going to come from. And the, let me let me just say, I hope Bill Self stays there forever. The one criticism I might have is when he puts somebody in off the bench and they have to make a mistake in the first minute, minute and a half, they're right back out. That's hard to play, I think, as a player if you've got to look over your shoulder coming off the bench. And I I just wish he'd let them, let them fly a little bit and give them a chance to make, make up for that mistake or whatever. I'm just not sure that he's got a lot of options to go to, right? I mean, you know, it's not really worked with Nick Timberlake. It hasn't really worked with El Marco Jackson. Johnny Furphy's probably the best of the bunch coming off the bench, but even then the production is just not there. And so, you know, I, I can imagine there's quite a bit of frustration with trying to figure out who these bench players are going to be and what kind of production they're going to have. I have no argument there. I just think it's going to be a pretty long season for KU standards. And I think it's sad, but I think it's a reality. That's it. Yeah, it's fine. And and look, it's well, it's not fine because I think going into this, we all had the same thought returning, you know, basically 60% of your starting lineup adding the top transfer and and you know, a couple blue chip five star type players, it's like, okay, this feels like a national championship team. Just doesn't look like that right now. That doesn't mean though it's not going to be an awesome and fun year because the Big Twelve is going to make it an awesome and fun. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be like intense. I, I think the experience will be enjoyable. I just don't know whether it's too soon to lower the expectation <laughs> hey, we had from the beginning I, of the season. I don't think it's going to be enjoyable. I texted you last night during the game. I'm like, this team doesn't cover. They don't ever cover. They just I think I saw they're like five and ten against the spread this season. They don't cover and they, they don't blow teams out. It's not, you know, pretty to watch a lot of times. That's not really the way that they're 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 built. I think another thing to point out though, and you referenced it, but I don't think it's talked about enough, is the loss of Arterio Morris. And obviously the things that happened with Morris, awful. Uh, terrible. He he's off the team for a good reason. All of that. It's all very true. But I don't think it's been discussed enough what the Jayhawks lack because they don't have him on the roster anymore. Because you've got a, a one of the top you know transfers that was planning on playing for your program at the two, then he's gone, and they don't really have anybody to fill that role. Yeah, and we appreciate the call, Dave. I, I just by enjoyable. I go back to what you said just a little bit ago, Tommy, about like enjoy these things while you have them. Enjoy. The fact that Andy Reid is there, enjoy the fact that Bill Self is there. But you said that, but I, I, I don't feel like you've enjoyed this Chief season or you're enjoying this <laughs> KU season at all. And I think that you need to, uh, because like less enjoyable is not relevant at all, and that's that's that sucks as a fan of any team. And so you, I think that you can while not meeting the loftiest expectation possible for those two teams, which is a Super Bowl and a national championship, still appreciate the fact that 
Kansas City's a three seed hosting another playoff game, and KU is likely going to finish as a top ten team in the country. Like let's let's bring a little bit of perspective back into it. You can still enjoy a season and not reach a championship. Yeah, that's I, that's not fair. In regards to the Chiefs, though. Uh, I have shifted out of my regular season mode into my postseason mode. They're 0-0, right? Like, it's one game yeah. at a time. kind of. And, like, during the regular season, things start to snowball, and you're looking for changes, and you're, you feel like you're tr- the program is, or the, the organization, you want them to look a certain way for the playoffs. Now we're there. We're in the playoffs now for Kansas City. They are who they are. Now you got to win one game at a time with the way the team is. There's no more building or growing to a certain point. You're there. And so my mentality has changed from regular season to postseason. It's just one game at a time type situation. With with KU, it's kind of the, the same way. I'm in the regular season swing right now where it's brutal and grinding and not fun. I don't really enjoy it. It's not something I sit back and like put my feet up and have a cocktail and enjoy watching the game. I don't like it. I don't like watching that team play the way that they did against UCF. It's not fun. I think that you're caught in the fever of the coaches that just left because you used O and O, one game at a time, <laughs> grind it out. You are who you are. On there were like Miami. nine coaching. Cl- On yeah, onto, like, you had like <laughs> nine coaching cliches in there. I, I appreciate the reference to these guys uh, stepping away a little bit. My little hat tips uh, sports- to Saban and Belichick. Yeah, there you go. Hey, HTO, let's give it away before the end of the show. Right now, first caller to the KFA Chotline 869-1240. We'll get a couple of brew house coffees from HTO at the East location in Wichita or in Derby. Jad will get us a winner. We'll come back, wrap it up right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.